Cat Disgusted is a show about veterinary nursing. It is not a show about how to cure your sick pet. If your animal is sick, take it to the vet. Don't be a crazy person and use a podcast to cure your puking cat, dog, chinchilla, etc., etc. I think they would tell you the same thing. If they could. Mm, which they can't. Which makes it hard. You know what's up. Take them to the vet. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Cat Disgusted, a podcast for veterinary technicians and the people and animals who love them. Each episode, we explore the best of times and the worst of times in veterinary nursing. I'm your host, Nicole Dickerson. I'm an RVT working in emergency and critical care. BTSCCC. And this is what happens. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I feel like we are long overdue for a little update in uh, in Cat Disgusted World. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. You know, it's been a while since I've done one of these episodes, but I had to throw one in there because um, there's some exciting things that are afoot uh, in the next month, and I'll kind of go through them a little bit. I do have to give a little shout out to... Um, this podcast that I listen to called My Favorite Murder, which is also about kind of dark and macabre things. And so if, tune into that one if you like this kind of thing. Uh, but they do a little little thing called housekeeping, which is like announcements and like things that are updates and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to do a little housekeeping. Housekeeping. Um, just so you guys kind of have a little update on what my story is. So First things first, the reason why I have to give a, a little uh, uh, episode today to you all, to you all is because I'm going to be leaving uh, for a little bit. I'm going to take a little, I'm calling it a work vacation because it's not really a vacation, but it's a, uh, it's a trip where I'm going to do the work that I do uh, in veterinary medicine overseas. Uh, what this is, it's a trip with the U.S. Humane Society, and I'm going to Puerto Rico uh, for, I think it's eight or nine days is the amount of time that the clinic will be open down there. And we're going to do a spayathon. Uh, so, for those of you who are not familiar with the spayathon, that literally is just spaying and neutering as many dogs and cats as is humanly possible in a short period of time. There's no money that exchanges hands. And so it's all volunteer uh, basis. I get like my room and board and food and all that is all paid for. So it's not at cost to me. Um, but I don't receive any kind of wage or like, you know, stipend or whatever to go down there. I just literally donate my hours and skills to the process. I'll be doing anesthesia primarily um, monitoring anesthesia for all these patients that are going to be spayed and neutered in like literally a mash tent kind of setup, like in a high school gym or a cafeteria or I don't really know where we're going to be. I know we're going to be an hour south of San Juan, uh, but details are hazy. And I'm told this is kind of like how it goes. It's just a little bit of a little bit of a, uh, a little disorganized kind of volunteer hurricane of its own that goes down there and we get all this done somehow. So 
I was coerced into this by a good friend of mine who runs, who is an anesthesia technician at my uh, at my hospital, and I promised her that I would help with this type of thing as soon as my VTS exam was over. And lo and behold, I passed that test, so I had no more excuses. So off I go uh, to do the Puerto Rico Spayathon. So that happens on April thirtieth is the day that I fly out for that. Very exciting, and that's going to be a whole episode, I'm sure, when I return to tell you about the trials and tribulations and wonders of what that experience will be. And hopefully I'll get my friend on the show. We'll get Jordan on the show so she can talk about it too. And you'll love her. Um, What else do I have for a housekeeping? I also have um, some exciting news about a good friend of mine who I think I've mentioned on this show before. I don't remember. If you've walked into uh, Pink Bunny Lingerie and Intimate Apparel, you've probably heard my voice because she plays my podcast in the store all the time, which I really appreciate. Um, My good friend, Serene Martinez, um, owns Pink Bunny Lingerie and Intimate Apparel on Union Street in San Francisco. And she is making her uh, entrance into content media. Is that what you call it? I don't know. She's been on YouTube a couple times. She's done some interviews. Pink Bunny has a YouTube channel. They've got an Instagram. And she's interested in podcasting. How fabulous is that? She's like, how do I do it? I'm like, it's really easy. You turn a mic on and you talk to people. So uh, we did some takes of some stuff talking about things that relate to her store and to her and her business adventures and butt sex and whatever. And um, she is working on that. So look out for a Pink Bunny podcast. That's coming. Um, She's already got, I know I mentioned the gram and the YouTube, but look for Pink Bunny SF on Instagram and the book of faces. Um, Facebook, she's got a thing there. Um, She's got interviews on the YouTube channel. Um, I helped make the podcast and it's kind of a work in progress so it's kind of like cat disgusted had a baby uh cat disgusted had a kitten cat disgusted had a baby pussy which seems apropos so yeah so keep your um keep your eyes and ears out for that and go into the store it's awesome say hi to serene for me i love her she's been my friend for like 25 years oh my god we're old so um what are we going to talk about today Now, story time. So I figured I would tell uh, two stories uh, of that 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 are just good little snippets of our lives. And so um, without further ado, one is about a kitty that was upset about being in the veterinary hospital. Shocker, I know. This little kitty uh, was a, I think he's like an older tabby. You know, we see these cats that come in for abscesses around their face and they're usually indoor outdoor cats they get in a scuffle with another indoor outdoor cat or outdoor cat in the world and then they have this wound that festers and closes and fills up with pus so that's where the danger is right so these cats they kind of go with their sharp little claws and teeth and then they um they actually their their skin does heal but when that happens and like the wound closes up they've basically sealed up bacteria inside of that wound and it just has a party in there and it creates this big pus bubble um that smells bad when it ruptures uh that's the abscess that we see on these kitties and so this cat that had come into the hospital no different, really. Um, you know, had a had a wound around its face, around its cheek, kind of underside of its jaw. That was a big, poofy, 
infection. Now, the thing about this Kenny was he was not stoked about being in a veterinary hospital. And so he was hard to handle. Uh, we had, we would have to sedate him in order to really shave that abscess and then pop it. Cause that's what we have to do. We have to drain it. Cause it's, you know, there's no that, I mean, they, they can drain on their own, uh, you know, outdoor kitties, they will like, you know, that abscess will eventually rupture and drain. If it doesn't, it's a big problem because it can be like a septic blood infection. But let's not let's not go there. Um, this kitty just needed to have that area clipped and cleaned up and then lanced with a sharp thing and just drain all the stinky badness out of there. And off you go back out into the world. So in order to do that, we had to give him some drugs because he was not pleased with us. Uh, we usually give, uh, an IM intramuscular injection with these types of kitties that we're not able to safely hit a vein on. Um, and we call it kitty magic. Uh, it can be a common, it's a combination of drugs and depending on how old the cat is and what other kind of previous health problems they have, we have a wide array of drugs to choose from. Um, this is the part where my friend Jordan, the anesthetist is going to chime in with all kinds of options. Uh, in this kitty's case, well, he was healthy otherwise, uh, and so we gave him a combination of a sedative um, that was reversible and then an opiate and then a drug called ketamine, which is like the tr- that that's the magic. Like if, if I had to pick one, that's the true kitty magic. Ketamine is the magic. It just makes them just like just totally handable. Boop. Done. Uh, you have to lube their eyes, though, because them eyes get real starey underneath that drug totally lose their blink blink reflex. So we had to go into this cage and with cat gloves and a towel, we kind of like squished him up against the side and grumble, 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 stabbed him with the, with the drugs, just a little quick boop, just in the butt. Uh, And then we had to wait for him to be anesthetized. Now we have to keep our eye on them because we don't want them to get sleepy unsupervised because you'd want to watch their breathing. You want to make sure they're doing okay. Uh, Now, in this particular kitty's case, sometimes when you give that sedative, it's a drug called dexmedetomidine, brand name's dextomator, sometimes that drug will make them vomit. And especially if you give it intramuscularly. So that's another thing you kind of have to watch for. So, uh, so the kitty, real, real mad, stab, then we get out of the way and leave kitty alone. So kitty's sitting in the cage and watching him and he's kind of still sitting there staring at the walls, grumbling. And then I'm like, "Uh oh, oh, we're barfing. Ooh. Okay. So now I have to be careful, right? I want to make sure that if he's going to vomit, that he's not going to like fall on his side and aspirate it in any way. He's not going to fall face first in it and aspirate in any way. But as he's starting to barf, I notice that the swelling abscess is starting to leak. And he sees me. And so I'm like, oh, so I kind of come quickly towards the cage door, but he's still conscious, right? So he sees me and like locks eyes with me and is like, oh. so now we're like growling and barfing and the abscess has ruptured like he ruptured it himself with the force of the barfing so now he's growling and vomiting and spewing stinky abscess pus like all at the same time while locked eyes with me through this cage door and I'm like oh my oh god so I have to wait till he finishes because you know he doesn't want me to if I go in there and touch him he's gonna like bug out maybe inhale the barf or abscess, but who knows? So I just kind of have to stare. We have to stare each other down while he vomits 
arches, ar- like arcs the pus of the abscess into the cage. And then, as often happens after, when they've gotten this drug, they often will fall asleep immediately after vomiting. So sure enough, sleepy time. And he just settled very peacefully beside his piles of pus and barf against his little front paws. Good night. Eyes slightly open, though, because remember ketamine. So a little starey. And then he was anesthetized. OMG. So, okay, so I had to pull him out of the cage. I had all my, like, cleaning stuff set up already. And the doctor's like, oh, is he sleepy? I'm like, oh, (laughs) he's sleepy now. And a whole lot less work for us to do because he's shot abscess all over the cage. So we're good to go. So the good news is, um, you know, we didn't really have that much work to do at that point. We just shaved up the area. We made sure that there was like a, like it has to drain over a period of days. And so we made sure that it was a wound that would continue draining um, that would, that, you know, we cleaned up with some antiseptic and we rinsed it, flushed, flushed, flushed it all out. So all of the pus was gone. All the bacteria is rinsed out of there. Hopefully most of it anyway, we'll start him on some antibiotics. Off he goes back into the world until the next abscess happens. But I have to say that's, that's easily one of the most climactic abscess repairs (laughs) I've experienced in recent history. Now, I love to do uh, the vein of puncture of the week and celebrate all the people that I work with. Um, this vein of puncture of the week is a little different. It's not really vein of puncture of the week. This is going to be cysto of the week. Da 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 da. Um, so, what is a cysto? Cysto is short for cystocentesis. Uh, this is a procedure that veterinary technicians are often doing uh, themselves. Uh, what this is, is. Uh, aspirating a sterile sample of urine from the urinary bladder, uh, sometimes using an ultrasound machine, sometimes not, uh, using a sterile needle. And it's a way that we can get a urine sample that's not contaminated by bacteria or skin cells that normally reside in the urethra. So if you're getting a urine sample from a cat or a dog where they're just peeing on their own, we call it a free catch sample, which I always think is funny. Like it's going to like cost, like the opposite is it costs you something, but this is a free catch bonus. Uh, But when it does that, when you get a urine sample that way, the urine has to pass through the urethra and then, you know, touch the skin on the outside of the urethra so it picks up bacteria along the way. So if you're trying to solve the problem of a bladder infection where you have to know what type of bacteria is growing in the urine in order to choose the correct antibiotic, that's not the best sample to get because you're going to be culturing bacteria in the lab that's not in the bladder. It's like on all the structures as the urine passes through the body. So in order to get a sterile sample of urine, what we do is we put the animal either on their side or on their back, and then using an ultrasound machine, you can actually visualize fluid-filled structures very easily, of which the bladder is a very large, easily find, usually uh, easily uh findable structure in there. And then using a needle on the end of a syringe, you can pass through the abdominal wall and into the bladder and aspirate a sample and then pull your needle out and voila, there you go. Um, And that really, really tiny hole that's in the wall of the bladder just heals itself. Not even a thing. Unless there's some pathological reason for that not to happen, which is a whole other episode. But Most of the time, uh, this is a procedure that we can perform safely and easily, and we get our sterile urine sample that we send off to the lab uh, in order to have it analyzed for various things. Now, because this is... uh, 
And this is an experience that usually more than one technician is going to have because, you know, you can't really ask, stay still, kitty, while I stab this long needle into your body. Um, there's usually several, there's usually some feet holders, call them feet holders in the room that are holding this animal on their back or on their side while the technician with the ultrasound probe and the needle um, goes ahead and gets their sample. So now in this particular Sisto of the week, uh, there was a, a, a medium-sized dog. It was a 50-pound dog. He was there for lethargy and vomiting. Um, but it, it had been a very acute onset, and it had been after a walk, and he's known to eat things off the ground. So it's like, huh, what did you eat off the ground? And usually when we're, when we're dealing with that type of storyline where it's like, dog was totally fine, goes out on a walk, sudden onset of vomiting and lethargy. Like we're all, ooh, did you eat something crazy out of the bushes? Like, you know, some freaking piece of a crack pipe or like some weird lick the inside of a prescription med bottle or something uh or ate the freaking ate some like crumb of an marijuana edible like that's a thing you know that could that could be why there's this sudden onset so what we do have in the hospital is we have urine drug tests now are those 100% accurate for everything uh, the THC portion of the urine drug screen that we run in the hospital tends to be a little bit wishy-washy in terms of positive and negative results. Sometimes they'll have an exposure to THC, but it'll come up as a negative test. So that's not 100%. But what is really good is there's like there's a cocaine, methamphetamines, um, M amphetamines. Uh, there's a benzodiazepine bar on there. So that multi-drug screen is actually good for lots of things besides the THC one. We usually will diagnose that on clinical signs and not just on the urine drug screen test because it's a little bit, it's a little bit wishy-washy. But so in this dog's particular case, um, he did no free catch for him. <laughs> not, not for free. This one will cost us. Um, he didn't want to urinate on his own. So we wanted to do a cystocentesis to get a urine sample, um, in order to run that drug screen. That being said, you know, if, in this particular circumstance, bacteria in the urine is fine because we're not culturing it for anything. Uh, but because his signs were so weird, the doctor didn't want to wait for him to pee on his own. He had no pathological reason why we couldn't do a cystocentesis and we wanted the results of that test. So that was why we were doing this cysto. Uh, not necessarily because it needed to be sterile. So me and uh, two other technicians went into the ultrasound room to go ahead and position this dog on his back and then get a urine sample. Now, the technician who was performing uh, the cystocentesis, she had had her nails done. I am amazed at the dexterity that ladies can perform with these nails on their hands. Like, I feel like it is a miracle of, of, of veterinary technician-dom that you can do catheters and cystos and blood draws with these, like, long nails on your hands. I, I, I think it's amazing. And, and, I, and I watch technicians do it all the time. These ladies have these gorgeous nails done, and yet they are able to perform all the tasks that they need to do. Um, now, this lady had recently had her nails done. They were looking fly and she, uh, opened the syringe. You know, we got doggy all in position. Everything's cool. Finds the bladder with the ultrasound and, at, and then she, uh, we, you can see the needle with the ultrasound, right? So you can see it go into the bladder. So everything's going great. And as she's aspirating the syringe, all of a sudden there's a pop and her nail that she was, you know, like bracing against the plunger of the syringe popped off, like popped off 
and flew into the dog's fur. Now, this dog was a black dog, so you could just see this nail sitting in his fur next to next to the syringe and you can't like move or do anything because you have like a syringe through its abdominal wall so it's just like we had to just sit there we're like oh what the and then the technician who was holding the dog's back legs i was at the front end and (laughs) gabby says damn my nail dump popped off gabby's the 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 tech who was doing the the uh, syringe handling and then lisa who's at the other end holding the dog's feet just immediately says i'm gonna throw up Oh, God, no. <laughs> and so, but she had to finish getting her sample, right? We're like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, God. And then carefully withdraws the needle, puts the ultrasound probe that is very expensive back on the machine, and then plucks her nail from the dog's fur and is like, I got to go back to that salon and t- talk to her about this. This is not good. Uh, my response was, that's fine. Let's just like, let's put doggy on the floor and let's just not let him eat it. <laughs> It's really my only requirement from this situation. But she had her nail fixed, you know, a couple days later. I'm not sure if she told the story of her nail popping off while syringe handling into the dog's fur, making the technicians in the room nauseous. But I kind of hope that she told that story. You guys, this is kind of crazy. I feel like I'm going to be a a different person when I do the next podcast because of this whole Puerto Rico adventure, uh, which I'm very much looking forward to. So thank you so much for listening uh, for this send-off podcast until I return. And hopefully I'll bring my buddy Jordan with me to talk a little bit about what our experience is uh, over there on the island. And uh, until next time, don't come see me at work. But come to the Spayathon if you're in the PR. I, I, I.